Thanks for joining us for today's message. We encourage you to email us and let us know what God is currently doing in your life. Or if you'd like to support the ministry financially, you can do so here on our website. But for now, we hope you enjoy this message from our guest minister. Thanks for tuning in today. You know, I think about this all the time because we live in a day of battle. There's nowhere on this earth that is a free zone. We're in a war zone. The whole earth is a war zone because the devil and demons make sure it is. So you and I can never lay down our weapons. You can never take off the armor of God. You can never at any time say, oh, everything's great. I can just relax and who cares? No, no, you're in a combat zone. And there are peaceful days in a combat zone, believe it or not. But then there are terrible days. And so thank God, and again, I think about this all the time. Thank God that fathers, like, like your spiritual father, you know, uh, Michael Bain, thank God that our spiritual moms and dads taught us the Bible. I am so grateful. You know, I was not raised a Christian. In fact, when my mama died, she just died uh, last uh, a year ago uh, at 90 years old. And, uh, of course, I got my mom born again. I water baptized her, got her filled with the Holy Ghost, and I was her pastor. That's a trip. Uh, just a side note there. Sorry, it just kind of came out, you know. Um, and I asked my mom, I said, Mom, I don't ever remember ever praying growing up. I don't ever remember, I don't ever remember praying over anything. And she said, well, that's because we never prayed over anything. And I said, well, you know, I don't ever remember a scripture reading in my house, you know, growing up. And she said, son, there was no Bible reading in our house. Now, I remember a big Bible. It was about this wide, about that long, and about that thick. I caught a fish this big. It's about, you know. And, but we never, I don't ever remember that Bible ever being opened to be read. My mom opened it and put like little certificates in there from our school and pictures and whatever, you know. And uh, that's what happens when you're raised a, a heathen, a sinner. And my daddy got sick when I was young and died when I was, uh, oh, not quite a teenager, I guess. And I'm like you, man, I... I wish I could remember his voice, but I can't. Now, I do have a picture or two, but like you said, you know, pictures weren't big. Nowadays, everybody takes a picture. In fact, you better be careful who's taking your picture. You know, I got a call a while back sitting in my backyard in my hot tub, in my swimming trunks, from a friend I have at high places, and he, uh, I'm sitting there, in my, and the phone rings, and he says, you enjoying your time in the hot tub? And I said, how do you know about that? He said, I'm in the dot, 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 dot center. Can't say that center. I'm in the center, and I'm watching you through the satellite eyes. Be well, I, I knew it was you. I beamed right down on you. Wave at me once. So I did, you know. And <laughs> thought, man, I'm glad Vicky and I aren't out here smooching or something. <laughs> Everybody in the U.S. satellite system will be cheering me on. Go, Brother Barkley. Go on. Hallelujah. And I... I saw it. I wanted to have a dad in the worst way. 
I have very little memories of my dad. You know, when you're young, you remember some things. And, uh, but very little. And so all this time, you know, as a kid growing up, you know, all my buddies, uh, you know, at ball games and campouts, and they all had a dad. And of course I didn't. And, uh, you know, I was a center boy, but there was two or three times I just beat up one of my friends because they were rebellious against their dad. And uh, did and we're talking against him when we'd pitch a fit and, and just rebel. And I, I, if they were with me, I'd just take them to the ground and say, "You shot out and go home and you obey, obey your dad, and you you just ought to, you know, uh, be be glad that you have a father. You don't know what it's like not to have a dad." And I grew up that way, me and my three brothers. Now my mama did okay, you know, raising three demon-driven, probably possessed boys. But um, not having a natural dad and then not having, not knowing the Heavenly Father, it was a pretty tough young life. And then I met a person in Vietnam. I'm a former Marine leader, two tours of duty. Uh, and I met a person in my second trip over named Jesus Christ of Nazareth. And when I met him, he said to me, I am the dad you've been looking for. And if you'll allow me, I will father you. I'll father you. And then as I began to chase him, you know, I'm, I'm a Marine. I'm not surrounded by Christians. You know, I'm hoping just to get home. And as I did get home and get involved in the church like you are here, and, and you're blessed to have this church, man. This is one of the greatest churches in America. And if you think different than that, you had not been around too many churches. Uh, and you're blessed to have it. So I found a church, thank God, and I found a pastor. And you know what always strikes me, uh, Angie, is that I had no Christian friends. I read no Christian books at that time. It was my heart. It was my born-again heart that said, you better leave these people and you better go find God's people. You better quit doing what these people are doing and you better start doing what God's people are doing. Now I got that with no help from a friend, no bus ride, no track, no nothing, no invitation in the mail, you know. It was pre-texting day, so you couldn't text, I wanna go to church, you know. In fact, it was pre-everything day. <laughs> Hate to tell you how old I am, I'm only comforted by the fact that there are those in here as old as me. But, and the Heavenly Father, one of the first verses He gave me, I'll pass on to you this morning. It's in the book of Romans, and it, it goes like this. Those that are led by the Spirit of God are considered to be the sons of God. Now the word led there you know, the charismatics, we always say that means through a cloud or a dream or a goose bump or a prophecy. Or, but the word led there doesn't mean that. It means fathered. Those that will submit to the leadership and allow the Heavenly Father to be their father and allow Him to father them, heaven will consider that person the son or daughter of and I learned that right off, and it wasn't hard for me. I know it's hard for some people to want to submit and obey and not just be their own God and do their own thing, 
But I was so hungry to have a dad in my life, and now I've met the, the father of lights, the father of all fathers, and he wants me. Lift a hand to him and say, thank you that you want me. Tell the heavenly father, thank you that you want me. Praise God, thank you. And he wanted me. And I said, well, I'm gonna submit to you. I wanna be father. You know, I, I told him I wanna be disciplined. I, I, I wanna be told what to do. I want to be corrected when I'm wrong. I want to be pleasing to you. I've, I've grown up my whole life and never had a dad to please. Never had one to correct me. Had to figure out all the stuff like on my own or with my buddies. They were dumber than me. Uh, my buddies, you know, we tried to father each other. That's another trip. And I said, I want to submit to you. I will submit to you. And he said, then, you learn from my word how to be an honorable son. Now, no preacher, now preachers have told me this, but it was God who told me this first. If you get in my Bible, you will find my heart. You will find how to be an honorable son, and you will allow me to father you, and I will rebuke you, and I will correct you, and I will discipline you, and I will keep you on course. You know, my terms, but you know, God talks to you kind of like where you're at. I will jerk the slack out of you, and I'll make you a good... I was a Marine then. I'll make you a good soldier of the cross. And the Lord began to tell me, you already know how to obey orders. You know, you know, you already know how to say, sir, yes, sir. You know how to obey an order even when it doesn't fit your head. And it isn't the decision you would make. So the Lord began to tell me, you got a head start on being a disciple of Jesus Christ because you already have the the idea that you don't wrestle with discipline. You don't wrestle with dealing with yourself. You, you don't wrestle knowing that there is leadership over your life. Can I have an amen on that? The Heavenly Father. And then as I grew in God, I, I, you know, I ran into my, what I call my very first pastor. Thank God you got a pastor, guys. Do you know how many Christians have no pastor? Now I'll tell you why that's important. Because technically, biblically, you can't biblically tithe without a pastor. Yeah, book of Hebrews, New Testament says, you the sons of Abraham, not the sons of Moses, you're not under the law. The sons of Abraham, th that means you're a Christian. It says you're to tithe, and, uh, and the pastor has a commandment, not a suggestion, go read it for yourself, Hebrews 7 has a commandment from Father God to receive tithes of the people, though they are out of the, of the loins of Abraham. In other words, even though they're New Testament Christians. But it says there, you're to tithe according to the rules or the laws, the tithing rules. So when you go study the tithing rules, here's how it works. You go out, God gives you the power to fetch wealth. Not, not gives you wealth, gives you the power to go fetch it. You bring it in here, and you bring a tithe in, and if you're smart, you bring a tithe in an offer. But you gotta bring it. Your heart's gotta be in it, in other words. Now, you're not going to hell if you text it in, or you're out of town and you mail it in, you know. I just said we're not under the law. But the idea was for you to bring the tithe and worship God with that tithe, and it says, take it to the altar and put it in the container, now, sometimes we pass the container, same difference. 
and uh, you're in God's house, so you qualify. And it says, and the priest that's there will witness your profession. Now, if Jesus Christ is the high priest of our profession, not, not just confession, profession, that comes out of here. And Jesus Christ, the high priest of our profession, is waiting for you to present the tithe and make a profession so he can do what the high priest does and you never make a profession and you don't have a pastor and a priest in your life to witness that, then you may have given a church or a ministry 10%, but you haven't tied the spiritual part of tithing. I truly believe that that's why some people, though they're faithful at the 10%, they're not seeing the tithe work for them the way the Bible promises because we're leaving out a couple of these major elements. That's really a different message for another time if we want to go deeper. But I brought it up today because when you tithe, you're being an honorable son. Honor, Proverbs. Honor the Lord with your substance and with the first fruit of all of your increase. Honor. Honor the Lord. Honor the Lord. So it wasn't about God taxing you to get your money. It isn't about God taxing you now. Someone said, well, Brother Barclay, all you preachers want is our money, and that's all the church wants, you know, is just money, money, get our money. No, stop it. Think about how stupid that is you just said. Elbow someone say, don't ever say anything stupid like that again. Just elbow them and stuff. Knock it off. We're probably the only place in town that charged you nothing at the door this morning. Furthermore, we're not going to bill you, even if you're the most stingy person in here and you don't give a cent. You get the same songs, the same worship service, the same message. If we give an older call, we don't check your tithing record. Now you are not praying for you, you little God thief. Hit the chairs. No, no. See, it's a lie from Satan and it makes you a dishonorable son. And if you and I want to be fathered by the great father of lights, here's the instructions how to be a son and a daughter. And that's why your pastor, you know, and, and Vicki and the team here, that's why, that's why this Bible is everywhere. Like, you know, when you come in this building, everything's Bible. I mean, half the announcements are Bible and, and, and we sang Bible and, and we're referring to the Bible and we quote the Bible and we teach the Bible. And, and uh, that's why, because we're assigned by God as natural and spiritual fathers to help you be an honorable son and daughter to the heavenly father and never stain his name and not live a life to glorify his enemies or rub anything under his nose like ha ha ha. Thank you for grace. Thank you I'm born again. And thank you I'm going to heaven. But I'm going to bad like a sheep. But I choose to live like a pig. God's enemies take your name and rub it under his nose, I like to say. They say, isn't that your boy? Isn't that your daughter living contrary to the scriptures? I thought they called you God. And that's the beauty of belonging to the Heavenly Father. My first pastor, I, I, he's still alive, I love him. He helped me. All true pastors will help you. Not all preachers are, are true pastors. 
I don't believe that a lot of people that stand in this holy desk and claim to be a pastor are truly gifted to be a pastor. Honestly, some of them should be out doing something else or maybe even a deacon in the church. I'm not just judging them. I'm not saying any names. I can say it here because I honestly, truly believe and can see the witness that your pastor and your father in the faith is truly gifted by God to shepherd your soul, to watch over you while you work out your own salvation, to give an account to the heavenly father that he did his best to make you a spiritual son and daughter, but he witnessed that you did your best to bring honor to the father. And that's his position in your life. It's great. So my first pastor, I, I remember telling him, man, I said, listen, pastor, you cannot offend me. You just can't. I've been waiting all my life for a preacher to tell me what to do. You can't offend me. But you can't, you know, <laughs> you know, our pastor, you know, he was such a Bible guy. He always taught in a parable or an allegory or some figurative language or told a story like Jesus did or tell one of Jesus' stories. And I told him, I said, <laughs> I said, pastor, listen, uh, you can't tell those stories and expect me to get the meaning. I have no Bible base. So when you told the unjust servant story the other day, that that guy was forgiven, but he went out and got another guy by the throat, let me tell you my interpretation when I heard you preach that. I'll get the corporal and three Marines. We'll take care of that guy. We have ways to deal with a knucklehead like that. Don't worry about it. I was going to tell you later, Pastor. Tell me that guy's name. Well, he'll be a disciple by six tonight. <laughs> amen. Not amen. Like, don't go do that. That was wrong. So he said, no, Mark. And this is what he told me. He said, son, listen. I am an expert disciple maker. It's what I do. It's what I do. And if you will submit to the Bible and listen to me, I will make a disciple out of you and it will last you your entire lifetime. And who knows what all God might want you to do in the future to help other people to become a disciple. I didn't even know the word disciple. Oh, come on, you guys. Your pastor has fattened you up. You're the fattest little blue ribbon sheep in this city. <laughs> bah! You little wool grower. And, uh, you know, it's like, you guys know stuff that you, you got to understand. Raised as a sinner, you know phrases, you know verses. I could, I could half quote a verse. You could finish it today. But there's a lot of people that know nothing that you know. They know nothing that you and I have been taught. And that was me. So, uh, pastor said, but here's the deal. Now, I'll make a disciple out of you. But I don't have time to mess around with you. There's a lot of other people that want my attention, son. Now, if you're going to fool around, and I'm going to put all this in you, and you're going to go out here and live like a pagan, and live in sin, and just be nasty, and you don't really want, you're just information hunting, you're looking to soothe your soul. Now, see, I could stop right there. And that would have offended half the Christians in the kingdom at the time, that a pastor would talk so bold. But I'm thinking, yeah, man, this is what I've been waiting for. See, now, when I went in the Marines, you know, no daddy, the, the drill instructor said, I'll be your mama and I'll be your papa. I thought, well, I almost told him, well, I don't need a mom, but I'd love to have a dad. <laughs> but I found out his definition was different than mine. 
And sad to say, I fell into that because uh, there was a time in my life when I come out of Vietnam that, that I trained recruits. And uh, we didn't really mean being a father, you know. So when I met this first pastor, and I saw the time that he would invest in me, it blew me away. I kept saying to my Vicky, uh, I said, Vicky, pastor wants to meet with me, and he wants to teach me some stuff. Huh? That wasn't right. Just because you're born again doesn't mean you're right, guys. And you got to remember this because you're a growing church. So as the church grows, not everybody that comes in here is perfect. They don't know, some of them don't know, who, who knows what background they're coming out of. And so they might be born again. You might get them born again. Yay! But that don't mean they're fixed. You know? So I remember, I'll tell you one story. I remember, this is back in the 70s, you know, and I'm just going to this pastor's church and I'm just starting to get hooked up. And uh, in this church, the pastor was teaching on how to bind demons and uh, you know how to deal with evil forces and then he'd teach for 30 minutes and then he'd break us up in little groups of like 10 people maybe all over the sanctuary and the, and the idea was that we would take turns praying together so each one of us could actually say you know Satan you foul spirit I bind you you know and he was teaching us this and so, you know, we're in the circles and, and we're all doing it and I'm, and I'm hearing the people and then it becomes my turn, you know. And, uh, you know, I'm not fixed yet. I'm just born again. But I'm hungry to be fixed. So, man, I laid it on the devil. Let me tell you right now. I thought, this is no... I mean, listen, man. There's nothing more deadly than a U.S. Marine with an M16. So when it come to me, it was like I yelled it out because I learned among you charismatics, if you yell, it must have more potency or something. There's no quiet prayers in a real Pentecostal church. So I learned that quick, so I yelled it out. Satan, you foul blankety blanket. And here it came. It's like, I bind you in the name of Jesus, you blankety blank. Get out of this church. I'm going to... And man, I realized in the midst of me spewing all those bad words, that I'm the only guy making any noise. It got like dead quiet in that church. And I saw a pastor coming at me. You got to understand, this is no little mamby-pamby, cookie-nibbling, tea-sipping ladies' guy. This is a full-blooded Cherokee Indian raised on the reservation, filled and possessed with God. And uh, his eyes are as big as my head. I know they were. At least it seemed like they were. And I saw him coming. And then we had this old lady. I think every church has a Sister Pentecost. We had this old... I can't even remember her name now. We called her Sister Pentecost for so long. Because she was full Pentecostal. And we thought she might have been old enough to be at the day of Pentecost. And so... But man, when she prayed for you, honey... She had your hair, and I'm a Marine, we didn't have hair then. She'd have what hair you had, both ears, you know, and she just, you know, cast everything out of you. And so I saw a pastor coming, and he is not happy. And I saw Sister Pentecost coming, and I thought, I choose pastor. <laughs> yeah. And so I turned, this is true story, it's the only kind I tell. So I turned, because I knew pastor was going to deal. I already knew it was wrong, but it just came out. It was my vocabulary. How many of you ever, how many of you got delivered from profanity or cussing or anything? 
Oh, really? That many of you? Well, the rest of you will pray for here in a minute. Praise the Lord. And so, you know, I, I didn't mean to do that in church. Just dumb and not fixed yet. So, but I turned to go to pastor. And seriously, here comes Sister Pentecost, probably 80-some years old. She literally jumped on the second pew, over the first pew, and got a hold of me. And I turned, and now she's on my back, you know, like giving a piggyback ride. I mean, she's got claws in me. I know I looked oriental, you know. She's got claws in me, and she's shaking everything. I'm trying, seriously, I tried to brush her off. You know, I'm bumping into people, and, you know, finally I got rid of her. She was just praying for me, and I went back in pastor's office. Oh... I had, to, I had to live up to every word when I said, you can't offend me. Go ahead and correct me. Go ahead and fix me, Pastor. And he put me in that room and shut that door. I met some pretty mean DIs in my day, but this was a holy one. There's a little bit of difference. This is what he said. He said, you no longer have permission to speak. Period until I give you permission in God, or may the Lord strike you dead. Now see, after you've been a Christian for a while and you get sassy and arrogant, you think that's cultish. But I didn't, think, I didn't know cultish. I don't think it was cultish. But I think he meant it. And I looked at him and I said, you mean like, he goes, yeah. So I, man, I, he put the fear of God in me, and he should have. I went to work the next day as a Marine. I was instructing um, recruits at the recruit depot. Uh, and we were on the rifle range that day. And I went to work and I realized something. If I want to be a Christian, how am I going to talk to these guys? Because every other word, well, there's probably a now you and then cuss, 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 cuss. And then, now you listen to me, cuss, cuss, that was my life. You didn't even realize it when you raised in it. And so I got out there and I said, all right, private, you get down right now and give me 10. Do you hear me? You! And all I could see is pastor's big Cherokee eyes. May the Lord strike you dead. You! You listen to me. You, what do you do? What do you say? Come on, baby. Mama's watching. You, you know, you want to do good, be pleased. Your mommy and your dad. I, I said, you know what I mean. Don't make me say it. I called pastor at noon. I said, you've ruined my career in the Marines. <laughs> he said, what are you talking about? I said, pastor, I went to work today. And you know what? I'm mute. All I said today was, and, the, you, know, what, I, mean. I may have said the word private or something, but I couldn't finish one sentence. He said, you didn't cuss, did you? And then before I could say, no, I didn't, he goes, oh, you must not if you're still breathing and you're calling me. <laughs> Listen, that good shepherd, that man, as tough as he was, I'm glad he was tough. I wouldn't have respected anything. 
He wasn't. He didn't control it. He he really was not out of bounds. It's only your flesh that says authority's out of bounds when they're just trying to help you. That man got me delivered from that. Now I know it was Christ, but if I wouldn't have submitted to the heavenly Father, then I then I would never submit to a natural or I mean a spiritual Father. So you see, in your life and mine, we have the heavenly Father. Amen. We have the Heavenly Father. We have a spiritual father. In your case, you have Pastor Mike Vang. I'm his pastor, so you also have a spiritual grand grandpastor. Don't call me that. <laughs> and then, of course, I hope you have a natural daddy. And if you do, you know, sometimes you grow up and Maybe your natural dad doesn't even serve God. You can still be an honorable child. And there comes a time you maybe can't submit. You get older and you can't submit to your natural dad, especially if he's not serving God. But you can be an honorable son, can't you? And you do that. Or daughter. And you do that in Jesus' name. Amen. The Bible says, do not be found in the fields of the fatherless. Proverbs 22 and Proverbs 23. And Proverbs 23 says, do not be found in the fields of the fatherless. But it also says, do not remove the ancient landmarks that your fathers have set. Huh? Ancient landmarks? Yeah, this would be one of them. I see a lot of churches modernizing, but they're listening to the modernist. There's nothing wrong with being contemporary. But if you do away with every, everything that is like changing in order to please mankind, this will have to either go or be watered down. But this is the whole tool. This is the rod of correction. This is the light unto your path. This is health even to the marrow in your bones. And on goes the story. See? I see churches today even going contemporary, which uh, they call modern. Or, or the, you know, if you listen to the modernist, then they say no Holy Ghost. But I notice in your church here, you're pretty contemporary. I felt the Holy Ghost in here. And I looked around. I know you're not supposed to, but I looked around during worship. I also peeked once or twice at prayer. Don't do that. That was a bad example. But uh, I just wanted to look around and I thought, look at even young people here are praying and they're worshiping God. This is a spiritual house. This is a spiritual house. So we can't remove the doctrines that have made disciples out of all of us just because it's a different day. We can't please man. We've got to please God. But if we'll please God, nobody's a better fisher of men than Jesus Christ. All we got to do is be more like Jesus. Talk more like Him. Live His life. Get Him in the midst of us like you did this morning. And even a guy like me, you know, the old Mark Barclay, a cussing fool filled with violence, a drunk, you know, even a guy like that comes in and says, wow, wow. And they're vendor place like this. Amen. So we're not going to remove the ancient landmarks that our fathers have set. 
You, I don't know what you mean by fathers. Go all the way back to Jesus Christ. Go all the way back to Peter, James, John, or, or maybe back to, I know Pastor Mike and Vicki love Dr. Hagen, who's in heaven. My pastor was Dr. John Osteen. You know, he was the devil casting out tongue talking Osteen. And he's in heaven. He was my pastor for 30 years. I never went to Lakewood Church as a member. But, you know, he adopted me. He was my father in the faith. They're in heaven. But I learned so much from my, my fathers. God ended up giving me five fathers as I submitted to my heavenly father. That may not be important to you. But out of those five fathers, I knew which one was my pastor. And I learned, I'm going to come down here and look you in the eye a minute. I know something. I learned something. God revealed this to me. The DNA of your future is in the gift that God put in your pastor. It's not in the gift of every preacher. America alone has a lot of great preachers. We also have a boatload of hirelings and dork knobs and cheaters. But, we, but America also has some great holy preachers, some great Bible teachers. We're so blessed. But don't mistake the fact that though you could listen to them and learn a lot of Bible, you could follow them even and, re, and receive things that open up revelation for you and show you stuff. Don't ever make the mistake to think they're your pastor because your pastor is your spiritual father. There can be other men in your life, even us kids growing up, other men. Sometimes it's an uncle, sometimes it's a grandpa, sometimes it's your buddy's dad. You can learn things from people who have walked a path where you're going. And they can kind of be almost like a father-like one. But don't mistake the fact, you only had one dad. You only have one true father. And in the house of God, honestly, biblically, you only have one shepherd. And God assigned him, your spiritual dad, to watch over your soul, to help you. And you know, this is not, uh, the kingdom of God is not, uh, it, the only king in it is Jesus. Kingdom means a king's domain. Kingdom, kingdom of God. You, you have submitted yourself to the domain by which Jesus is Lord and you become his subject. You belong to him. He bought and paid for you, right? But he cares so much about you, he gave you a shepherd, a spiritual dad. Now, some of you may have got born again before you came here, and maybe there's another preacher in your life and, or someone else, and you say, well, I really got born again under that man's ministry, and that's okay. We're not telling you to dishonor anybody, but I'm going to tell you this. The man, in your case, Mike Bang. When God gifted him to pastor this church and God had, had on his mind to draw you here, inside of the gift that Jesus Christ put in Michael Bang, that spiritual gift to pastor, that Doma, that Ephesians 4, and he gave some to be apostles, prophets, pastors, that pastoral gift, the DNA of your future, my friend, is factored in. It could be a message he preaches. It could be something he posts. It could be catching you in the foyer and tapping you on the back. It could be a prayer he made. It could be an utterance over your life. It could be a shake your hand and say, good to see you, son. And all of a sudden, the sun thing hits. You don't know. I don't know. God knows. 
God knows. And you that's why I believe this with all my heart. I believe that's why Satan wants you on the run. He wants to chase you from corral to corral, from flock to flock, to be easily offended, to not receive correction. You know, a good shepherd, the Holy Spirit said, Paul to Timothy, Paul the apostle, the preacher trainer, to Timothy, the pastor of Ephesus. Paul wrote to Timothy and he said, reprove, rebuke, correct God's people. Bring instructions in right living. The Amplified Bible says, Pastor, you the preacher of the word. In this case, Pastor Mike Bang, you the preacher of the word. You are, Go look it up yourself. You are to show people in what way their lives are wrong. So they can make the adjustment, make the correction. Wow. I may have given this illustration before. I preached here over the years so many times, and sometimes a men's meeting here or something. But in my final couple of years in the Marine Corps, I taught shooter school. I taught recruits sometimes, and then I taught snipers. And then I, uh, the Marine Corps shooting team, which would shoot for competition around the world, uh, they would come see me. I, I was an excellent, expert, expert, expert marksman. And one of the top Marine Corps instructors in the day. Now these are the top shooters. They're not beginners. Now the recruits are beginning. But the, these people already through sniper school and they're already the top shooters on the planet in the day and they're coming and this is what they would do. They would come to me and say, hey, Gunny, listen, man, uh, I know I'm better than this. I know I am. I'm shooting at the target way out there. It doesn't matter the meter, sometimes 500, sometimes even the 1,000 meter line. I'm shooting way out there, and I'm hitting the target, okay? So if I shoot 10 rounds, here's the bullseye, but it looks like that big at the end of my thumb at that distance. But he said, I'm hitting 10 rounds, bang, 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 which is excellent for shooting a paper target. But if I have to defend my fellow Marines in combat, one bullet, one kill, we're in trouble. Now, I know I can shoot better than this. So I've come to you to help me. Say it. I've come to you to help me. To help me. Now, you know why they came to me? Well, my reputation probably was one of those things. And one shooter would pass on to another. That's the guy you want to go see if you want to improve what you're doing. But you know why else they come to see me? <laughs> you can't watch yourself shoot. You can't do it. You can't do it. Just like you can't watch over your own soul. You can study the Bible even on your own. You can pray without your pastor present. But you gotta have, you, you just can't watch yourself shoot. And so they would come and we'll say, they lay down, you know, on the say 500 meter line in the prone position and get all their weapons right. And then I would, I would just watch them. I would stare at them. You know what I'm doing? I'm judging them. I'm criticizing them. I'm going to give them the deepest, quickest scrutiny I can. Why, Brother Barclay? You don't like them? No, I like them. 
They come to me to get better, not drink beer. You can find any bad shooter to drink beer with. And if you shoot bad enough, you all drink beer all day anyhow. Try to get over it. Now, they weren't looking for a beer drinking buddy. They were looking for the guy that could scrutinize and say, so I tell them, rack around, that's a bullet for civilians, rack around and shoot it. And here's the weapon. And I'd, st I'd stand right here and look at it. Sometimes I'd straddle the rifle. Sorry for the rump. I'd, stra I'd straddle the rifle and they'd shoot between my legs, you know. And uh, it, so that I could stare into his eyes and where's the, I'm going somewhere with this, and where's, the, where's his cheek hitting the, do you hit the rifle in the same spot? Where's your, where's your trigger? Where, how are you breathing right? Because shooting's a science, it's not just a bang. And so I would, uh, I would, I would scrutinize him. And then I'd say, well, I can tell you, shoot another round. Okay, well, I can tell you what you're doing wrong. Now you fix this. Try it now. Bang, bullseye. Try it again. Bang, bullseye. Adjust this one more time for me. Bang, they're shooting that far away and putting the bullets in the same holes as the last bullet. Why? Because as much as they tried before and as good as they were, without somebody watching them shoot, to scrutinize, to criticize, to make judgment, and so they can make a correction, they would just always be a very good, frustrated shooter, but never the best they could do. Never the best they could do. Now, in all that time, I could even name you some names that became world-renowned shooters. And out of all that time, my brother. I never had one of them. It's good to see you, by the way. You're like see a you. permanent fixture here, and uh, <laughs> which we like. We like that. We like that. And so it, it, not one of those Marines ever got up and said, you dirty dog, you never praise me for the good I do. You never, you know I'm a good shooter. You just, all you did was chew me out, bite my ear off, tell me everything I'm doing wrong. I never heard him say that one time, not one time in all that time did one Marine stand up and discredit me for trying to help him. I never ran into that until I got into church. In fact, every one of those Marines would get up and say, I don't know how to thank you. Now we were sinners then. I was a Christian, but they were, I don't know how to thank you. I tell you what, Gunny, I'll buy you a case of beer. I said, well, I don't do that anymore, but buy me a case of Coca-Cola or something. You know, I'm free from that. But that, that was their gratitude. They didn't get up and cuss me, mad at me. I'm leaving the Marines. I'm getting transferred. You're just a mean sergeant. All you do is pick on me. I never heard that stuff till I got running around church people. Now, I'm not saying you're like that. Are you? Well, just in case elbows someone say, I wish you'd quit sniffing like that, just tell them right now. Come on, help me preach a minute. We're almost out of time. Thank God. Thank God that Jesus Christ made a covenant with the Heavenly Father and made access for you and me. Thank God He would put someone in your life like Michael Bang that would pay any price he, he and he has. And so is his family and so is the team. They'll pay any price they have to to make you better, deal with you. If they have to, correct you, teach you how instructions of how to live for Jesus Christ. 
be there for you, you know, pray you through, you know. Uh, a lot of people come and go from church. I'm tired and I'm going fishing. And I always wanted to hang a sign on the pulpit right here at my church. And don't say a word to anybody. Just sneak in there early. Hang a sign that says, I'm tired. I stayed up too late last night. Or just a sign. This is pastor. I've gone fishing. See you next Sunday. Huh? Vicky and I didn't get along at breakfast this morning. I'm sorry, we decided to not go to church today. Or, or I don't know. The reason I haven't done it is I have like 500 things people have told me why they're not in church and I can't decide which one I want to hang on the pulpit. But it would be an outrage if we did, if we showed up and we did worship and there was never, and pastor's gone. And then we finally say, does anybody know where he's at? Oh. Well, there's a sign, and you go up there in little fine letters. I've had it with you. <laughs> you bunch of sass buckets. <laughs> Michael Bang would never do that. Now, Mrs. Bang might. I'm not sure about that. But Michael would never do that. Let's lift our hands a minute and thank God that you got a church. Come on, you got a good church here. If you're visiting, don't go away. Why would you stop? Why would you keep hunting when you found what you're looking for? And let's let's just thank Jesus a minute. Lord, I thank you for this great church. It's made up of great people. A lot of price has been paid, a lot of money, a lot of serving, a lot of time, a lot of energy, a lot of gifting has been expended, has been uh, has been spent here to build this great work. Lord, thank you. It's Father's Day. Thank you for being our Father and allowing us the high privilege to be your son or be your daughter. We love you, Heavenly Father. Thank you for listening to today's message. We'd love for you to join us for our Sunday morning services at 10 o'clock. We also have what we call School of the Bible on Wednesday nights from 7 to 8. Thanks again for listening. Have a great day.